I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Bretton Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff. Hello, I'm Brett. How are you doing, Brett? Under the weather? Yes. You know what? I, I was under the weather, but I'm, I'm fully recovered, gladly. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, a sickness bug. Poorly nice. tummy, was it? Yes, uh-huh. poorly tum-tums. Was uh-huh. it? Is that That's what it was? Yeah. It, well, it, you know what, Cliff? It was the shits. I thought you just had a tickly cough. No. I was right. I told though. you to keep your fluids up, and it was the correct uh, advice. It's it's always good advice, that, though, isn't it? I mean, you've, <laughs> you've like you've just, like... Gone for the the main advice whenever anybody's up. up. And have you had Lucas Aid? I had in a rapper, <laughs> ceremonial rapper, yeah. a ceremonial rapper. Yeah. And and did you win any competitions? On there's always competitions on Lucas Aid, isn't there? there on the side be. of the bottle. There used to be. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's still. Can you still get the big I bottles? Think there is. You you can't get the glass bottles because that's mm-hmm. what I remember as a kid. The glass bottles. Can always you remember them? Just mm. in hospital, grapes and lucas. Grapes and lucas. Anyway, uh-huh. anyway, you're, better, I'm you're fighting fit. That's all right. Um, uh-huh. You watched the Oppenheimer. I know that's what we we're talking about last time. I did. I, I enjoyed the Oppenheimer, but there, there's one thing. I mean, have you seen it, Cliff? No, no. <laughs> I, I, will, <laughs> I will see it, but it's a big investment in time and brain energy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm interested in the story and stuff like that. Of course, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I like World, World War II documentaries you love and all the, you that love kind of stuff. War, don't you? I do. I, I, I generally love the wars. <laughs> 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 but there's one thing about that one higher film, which I realised, Cliff, whilst watching it, that one of the scenes, right, mm-hmm. has been completely lifted off the smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Right? <laughs> completely. Now, can you remember the smell of Reeves and Mortimer where you, you can remember Barry White, where he's trying to get off Mr. with the Huff and Puff, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Bob uh-huh. is sitting across from him. Na- he's, I think he's got underpants on, uh-huh. where he looks naked. And uh-huh. he's he's got he's like his legs crossed and he's smoking a fag. Oh, I've seen well, this picture of Killian Murphy. Have you? Well, that's well, it. I, I was going to send it to you. Well, that's where it is. I mean, it's it's just completely lifted from the the smell <laughs> of, of Reeves and Mortimer. Completely, <laughs> and I'm not in a huff, and I'm not a puff. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, I'll I'll send the picture to you just so okay, you can confirm. Well, 
No, it is exactly the same thing. Sweet, sweet love to you. <laughs> Do you want us to rub some Savlon on for you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I went to the pictures. I've been to the pictures twice in the last two weeks, and neither uh-huh. of the times to see Barbie or the Oppenheimer. Right, so, okay. You're going against the grain, are you, Cliff? Well, Barbie's not out here yet. Comes out next week, I think. So I haven't had a chance to see that yet. This been, is it being thoroughly is, vetted by the authorities? I think it was being thoroughly vetted. And is one of the actors or characters transgender? I don't know. But probably well, because it's well, a modern film, isn't it, Cliff? Uh, and of course, I assumed all of the characters were transgender. What with the lack of genitals. So. Well, that's it, exactly. <laughs> maybe yeah. they've just, maybe the. The uh, the censors here have been like, we can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that well, they haven't got any genitals. The only time they wanted to see genitals in a film. <laughs> <This one. laughs> um, yeah. So no, I went to see Indiana Jones. Have you seen it? All right. I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard good things. I think it's just been totally overshadowed initially by Mission Impossible, and then Mission Impossible is totally overshadowed by the other two on it so i think it's fourth uh-huh. on that list of blockbusters that came out within a short spell um uh-huh. it's it's absolutely ludicrous like totally totally ludicrous uh totally ludicrous well the first you know what i'm sick of brett i'm sick of what? sequels to films where what yes. they do is the repeat something that's happened in an earlier film from years ago so nerds go it's just like the first one that in it from 1985 yeah, there's no. You know what I mean, it, like it, Star Wars. I think the AI has getting involved, doesn't it? The AI, you know part what I mean. This that's an, a separate point, but like mm-hmm. the first twenty. I mean, by the film... writing, though, that's what I mean. R- actually, writing oh, the films. The writing. <laughs> <Maybe> yeah, I... <laughs> I think it has. Um, but you know what I mean. Like Star Wars did it, where that guy just went, "Well, I'll just make the first one of that new trilogy." Yeah, well, the Force Awakens was just like Star Wars, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, and I was like, it's yeah. amazing. It just, it just re- harkened back to that initial thing, that reason everybody loved it, and that story. He's, re- he's kind of just mirrored it with these new characters. I'm like, no, but, but that's a, the same film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even that it, one that everybody like, hates, at least it was different. <laughs> like, it's it's creativity, isn't it? That, that's being, it, I mean, there's obviously still creative people who write music, and who you know write films and stuff like that, but are they being allowed to be? Created? No, it's just not That's what people thing. want, right? Like, like this. I think the first twenty minutes of this is Indiana Jones fighting Nazis running across the top of a train. I'm like what? Right, like, yeah. Tick Nazis. Tick fucking. Uh-huh. He goes back and collects his fucking whip. Tick. He's on top of a train. That tick like. All right, I get it. You know what people like from the first one. Uh, it's mm-hmm. good, good on you, but you know, can you just make a new film that's any good? Maybe not. Well, that's it. There's no creativity, is there? So anyway, so that first bit, it's all that they made their faces young through the CGI for the AI. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, it was about ten minutes into it, and I was thinking, "Fuck me, this is awful!" Like it's so badly done. And there's a clip, like a far, like a long shot of him running across the top of the train, and it mm-hmm. it's like 
a computer game from like 15 years ago. It doesn't look, it's not even as good as loads of the shit you would get now in like in-game, like movie sequences yeah. and stuff. What, the CGI thinking, you mean? Like, yeah, because that's all CGI. Like, it's a CGI game, uh, Indiana Jones running on the top of a CGI terrain. Like, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. graphics. So, and it's bad. And then I realized, well, hang on, this is Lucasfilm and Disney. It's not like, it's like the richest They're supposed studio, to be right? the pioneers <laughs> of that so, kind of stuff. I they? thought it was really disappointing from that point of view. Um, Toby Jones is good in it, but he's only in that first bit. He doesn't, he's just, he's got his own face. Um, and then him. it fast forwards to like, and Mads Mikkelsen's in that as well. You know, I'm a big Mads Mikkelsen fan. Uh, yeah. This character, he's just like, like nat, like Nazi, just everything you would make a Nazi. Is, is he to be? Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then the flea bag turns up, and obviously it turns fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> the flea bag. Yeah, flea bag. I watched the Wait, flash. Yeah. Have Guess you seen what? That? She's not funny in this either. It's you know, I haven't seen the the flea bag, so I, I you know I don't know. But the flash I watched, which is of the same ilk, isn't it? It's got loads of cameos in and stuff like that. It, that and just it's seemed a, like too a throwback much. in the past. But the CGI is just weird. Weird. It's there's like loads, a, loads, there's loads of Batmans in it, isn't it? There's bat well there's um Nick Cage is in it as Superman, no like the the like oh, because he was going to be that, yeah. Aye, uh, so it's got like all which are yeah, that's all right, you know. But the CGI, the, the stuff, it's just I don't know. It just takes you out. It is like playing a computer game, and you don't want that. You want realism, which is another reason to like Christopher Nolan films because he hates CGI as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I he, get that. I mean, in, he's out devoted. Even in this Oppenheimer film, there's no CGI in it whatsoever, and they're setting off an atomic bomb, which is. A wonderful achievement, I think. Another reason to watch it. Probably the first person to say that. Very wonderful achievement. <laughs> That's what I, I, I like. That I like watching a film and it looks like a film, not that it looks like a computer game. No, no, I agree. I'm, I'm with you on that. What yeah. you doing anyway? Bro? Although, Cliff, I would like someone to CGI my face. Okay. Would you what like would to have a shot? Well, you younger me. Younger me, I don't uh, want to be. I'll give it a else. go. I'll see if I can get some AI thing. I, we've got one at work. I'll see if I can run your face through it. You've, you've got CGI at work. Oh, you've got AI taking stuff. over the world. Oh, yeah, this magazine. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing, aren't you? You're taking over the world. Like China, where you've got to have citizens' credits and all that kind of stuff. There's something about you can pay stuff with your hand now in China. <laughs> <laughs> There's something where you cut, you go to a vendor machine, and it, unless you're smiling, it won't give you it. You've got to like seem happy mm-hmm. right, at good. the vendor machine. Mm-hmm. That's what's, not what's good. The, what they're selling though? <laughs> well, like chocolates and sweets and that. But if you're not smiling, it doesn't give you it. I'm a, oh, uh, I'm about to get a double deck. I fucking get it. Exactly. Well, <laughs> but you know, if, if you're in a bad mood or whatever, you're allowed to be in a bad mood, aren't you? We're going to talk about a, a sitcom called Duty Free. Yes. Um, which we all watched as kids and probably forgot about until we watched a live version of the Vic, Vic Reeves Big Night Out, which was uh-huh. recorded in Newcastle, I think. Yes, I have. And Bob Mortimer. Yeah, and Bob Mortmart is looking through a crack in the stage, isn't he? And he, <laughs> yeah. he kind of sees uh, 
a duty free episode <laughs> through the crack of the stage, which is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> so we all we always used to talk about it for that what very does he reason. Say? He, he says apparently trapped in the Costa del Sol <laughs> or whatever, doesn't he? He says it was it, he says, Keith Barron. He says he's hapless <laughs> Keith Barron. And I think Vic says, is he still trapped in the Costa del Sol? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and to be honest, I remember this being on as a kid and I remember it being popular or like fairly big. Uh it was always on our telly. I think we watched it. Um uh-huh. I can't remember whether does and we've only watched the first episode. And I don't really know whether the plot is eventually that they can't get out of the Costa del Sol or not. <laughs> well, yeah, it's very odd because, I mean, obviously, you know, Bob Mortimer's a very clever man. And it is, if you, if, if you sort of watch all the episodes, which obviously I haven't, but I've read about them, uh-huh. watch the first one. I think the first two series of this, they were just in that hotel. Okay, just but they, are they trapped or they're just like is it just, so it almost just seems like them they're on trapped. holiday. So it almost seems like they're trapped. So because it was like for two series, the, the running joke was it oh it's the longest holiday in the history of the world or okay, whatever. Okay, you know okay, I mean? okay. Yeah. So I mean, obviously Bob's a very clever man, isn't he? And he's he's made that into a joke, mm-hmm. isn't he? And also, do you think that uh that's the source of Paul and Tony Barron's surname on the club. It could well be. I didn't I've, think of that. I thought of that when I was watching it today. I thought oh, it could be. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's quite possible, isn't it? Do you want your synopsis of Judy uh, of Free, Cliff? I, I always look forward to them, but today I'm absolutely desperate to hear this synopsis. <laughs> yeah, de- well, I don't put any racism in. So, Duty Free is a British sitcom written by Eric Chappell, and Gene Wall. Okay. I love the war. Hapless Keith Barron, I had to put that in, didn't I? I had to put Hapless <laughs> Keith Barron in. Attempts to engage in an affair with the affluent and exotic Linda during a two-week holiday to Spain with I his mean, wife. She's... Okay, keep going, sorry. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's it. it. You right, you yeah, you can go. Um... I mean, the reason she's exotic is that she's just a bit posher than he is. Is that it? The, re- the reason she's exotic is because in the titles, um, a music slightly changes into an exotic type of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During the titles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. reason. I mean, um, she's, she's all right, isn't she? Think she's better than his wife? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't like to say. I wouldn't like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think his wife's the best character, actually. I think she's good. I do uh, as well. I think actually, she's got the best lines in funny. this episode. She's got the best lines, certainly in this episode. I think mm-hmm. Robert is actually the best, but he's The racist horrible. man. <laughs> but he's horrible, <laughs> so can't say that, really. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's it basically it's about this couple, Keith Barron, who plays mm-hmm. David Pierce. And his wife Amy, played by Gwen Taylor. Do you know anything else Keith Barron was in? Really? He's he's in a. I'm sure he's in a Hammer film. Okay. Uh, I'm sure he is. It, or an Amicus one. He's in the Land That Time Forgot. Right. I don't know if you remember that film. What? And he's uh, also I'm in a one with Peter Cushion called uh, Nothing But the Night. So is this all before? Well before this. Well before this, well before this. He's got a this. lot of, fuck me, he's got, he's, 
on IMDb, he's been going since 1961. This is 1984. Um, he's in the Avengers for an episode. Yeah. So he's a, a bit of a jobbing act there in the 60s. Little little appearances here and there. Um, just one episode. I mean, he would have been episode. right in there in the 60s, wouldn't he, Keith Barrett? Wouldn't he? He would have been. I would imagine he was that, a proper he? lad about town, yeah. Ah, definitely. Um, Bloke from Leeds, however he's from. Of course he was, man. <laughs> And then in the seventies, he ends up in a few more shows. Land that time forgot, like you say. Um, what else is he in here? He's in some Z cars. Oh, he's so in... you would have saw him as it, like you know, if you're watching British he's, TV. He's, oh, he's the storyteller in Jack and Ori. He he told the story in forty three episodes of Jack and Ori. Did he really? From the sixties and seventies. I thought that was just cut. Like they had people. Random people turn up to do that type of stuff. I think that that's now? now. That's now, I think. Um, Is it? So then all the 60s, that's his main thing. He's in Doctor Who in the 1983. Yes, he's in Whoever's Doctor Who. Whoever's in that. I don't know who that one is. Then he's in a show called Leaving from 1984 mm. to What's that? A middle-class couple decide to get divorced. Well, that sounds like a brilliant sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks it's like very plays... class based, isn't it? The eighties and sitcoms, it's very class based, and this is yeah. no different, is it? Yeah, I, I mean, mean I will talk it's all about, about his character a little bit, I'm sure, because uh, it's it's in there. It's like a classic mm. trope, isn't it? Um, oh, he's mm. a special guest on Noel's House Party in 1995. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine coming at the door and it's Keith Barron. Like, what? So, who? <laughs> we would have loved that. Wouldn't we <laughs> we would have loved it. We yeah. would have loved that. Part. And he's been loads of stuff since then. So like like proper telly good stuff, like well not good stuff, but peak practice, Hetty Winthrop investigates, uh Definitely pie in the sky. Darkness, uh, pie he? in the sky, of course, with uh Uncle Monty. Um yes, uh-huh. clocking Doctors off Midsummer Murders, that. where the heart is, all of the basically every show. Uh new tricks, every show with old people in, he's been in. <laughs> but we like we love Keith Barron, don't we? He was in Corrie for a little bit. Um was he? Yeah, I remember him being in that, but I can't really remember like I'm sure he was like a scammer that came in to uh woo somebody, but he was trying to rip them off or something like probably that. Probably Gail. Uh, probably Gail, yes. But he's a bit <laughs> old for Gail, so maybe Audrey. Um so yeah, Keith Barron is one of those that we've always talked about, but genuinely uh-huh. <laughs> Don't really know that much about him. It's only all because of that one line on Big and Bob. It is. It's all so because <laughs> of Big and Bob, isn't it? That that is why we talk about. I mean, Gwen Taylor as well. She seemed to have been in loads of sitcoms and stuff, didn't she? Well, she's certainly been in Doctors. She's been mm-hmm. had a lot. I think she's in EastEnders at the minute. With her, for the last couple of years, she's a regular in EastEnders. Holby City, mm-hmm. of course. Um, she's also been in Corrie for a. a couple of years uh, about 10 years ago um but again like these people being loaded up but she looks Bar- like she, barbara. she should have been in bread but i don't think she yes. was but i know she's in a show called barbara where she's the star barbara can you remember that is it a detective I think that... thing or something no it's a comedy at the thai tv is it? um and it's the guy you'll know who he is he's called sam kelly do you know who i mean by that hey. no do you remember the Dennis Waterman vehicle on the up? 
<laughs> I vaguely remember that particular well, vehicle. It's his mate in that the other drive. He's it's a driver. His mate. It's his mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not off. <laughs> Barbara was just, uh, just Waterman sing the, the theme tune of on. Yes, up. of course. I'm on the up. Well, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Of course he uh, fucking does. Of course he does. Anyway, so the people who are in it have got onto other stuff. The guy who plays Robert, who's uh what was the name of the lady again? The, the... Linda. Linda, Linda's husband, who like is basically a figure of fun and he's he's just like he's in and out all the time, isn't he? In the bar. He hates yeah. foreign land, he hates foreigners and everything. He about does, it. he's a Brit a proper Brit of broad as you would say. Very and he re- doesn't he's not very attentive to his wife. No, he's not, which allows, of course, the extremely keen Keith Barron to move, move in. Uh, I mean, it, it's almost instant, isn't it, as he gets there? I think that they, they try to check in and there's an incredibly rude Spanish clerk is at he the rude? desk, isn't there? Yeah, terribly rude, yes. <laughs> and Keith Barron gets there and he's talking about, he's, I wish we had matching luggage and all this kind of thing. So he's trying to portray that he's been on many a holiday before. yeah so the, he's got a real imposter syndrome hasn't he he's one of those yeah. british men comedy characters that are from this era that is like a small man syndrome kind of thing he's always wants to be better than he is and he, he has ideas the world, above his station he has ideas above his station and he thinks it's everybody else's fault but his that's about it yes. isn't it and there's character like pretty that much. in pretty much every sitcom from this era I would say uh-huh. Ro- uh, Derek Trotter I would say is one of those it's probably the Definitely. most famous one but done a lot yes. better than this I think um, mm-hmm. yeah so you know from him downwards the, the, this is the type of character he is um, oh. So they get on holiday. It starts with them getting into the hotel. The sets, by the way, very poor, very poor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sets they are in Leeds, and uh, throughout the two years, I don't think they leave that hotel. It's about they're three always rooms. in the hotel. There's <laughs> <laughs> like um, the bar, <laughs> a room, the restaurant, that's the it. lobby. There's a fountain yeah. outside, which is the scene of two Dunkings in the first episode. Two Dunkings, <laughs> not two Dunkings. <laughs> I mean, it's it, like I say, he just gets there straight away, doesn't he? And all he meets Linda, the exotic Linda, who's coming down the stairs, doesn't he? Or Caesar, and he he says, "Well, she's French. I can tell yeah. that. I can tell that she's yeah. French." But of course, she's not. She's she's British. So yeah. the plan to meet up, don't they? And he's instantly smitten by her. Well, he's got he? like, is it, there's a really like loose idea that they'll meet up as couples. But yes. I mean, it's, it's not that that's not his idea, is it? And no. re- really, and his wife doesn't have a say in it. And I would imagine his wife, bless her, Amy, she's a little bit more, but she's less exotic, let's say. I mean, than... do you say bless her? But I mean, she. Why doesn't she just give him a, a right good slap? Do you know what I mean? Why is she putting up with this scandalous Because he comes out with a sob story halfway through, doesn't he? Aye, well, that, that's one of the things that I, I didn't think would, would be in this uh, sitcom. He, he seems to be going through somewhat of a midlife crisis, doesn't he? Because he's, he's getting redundancy. He's putting on he's a brave front, doesn't he? So it yeah, starts... and that's why they've gone on this holiday. It starts with them getting to the hotel and he's like, oh, we should have had better cases than this. People think we don't know what we're doing. And 
you know, we should at least put some stickers on to make it look like we've been other places. And he's going, he's got nothing in his passport and he pretends that the, the guy on the desk is like, oh, your first time abroad. And he's, no, of course not. My I've been abroad so many times, my passport's full and I've just had to get a new one. And he's just got this idea that he needs to pretend that he's something he's not, which is always mm-hmm. going to set him up for many a fall when it comes to just saying anything out loud or when anybody talks to his wife. So then <laughs> there's what he has one good line where uh, they've checked into their room and his wife says, come on, cheer up. Like, it's not all that. Basically, his suitcase has fallen open, hasn't it? And his underpants have yes. fell out in the his lobby. His underpants have and fell out, yes. He's crestfallen about this and he's furious with his wife, even though it's not her fault, but it's, it symbolizes that he should have had better suitcases, which just seemed to be all he cares about. <laughs> and she says, come on, look, it's the first night of the holiday. We're out on the balcony. There's the cicadas or chirping the honeysuckles on yeah. the breeze and all of that and he says all right then and she goes back inside and she says oh one thing i forgot to pack your shoes and he is furious about this so one thing he's in a full suit as is everybody in this hotel this <laughs> yeah that was that was the other thing i mean why go on holiday in a full suit a full suit including shoes and i'm thinking shoes like how many pairs of actual shoes does somebody need when they're in Benidorm, wherever mm-hmm. it is that they're at, like surely he doesn't need any more pairs of like office shoes that he's wearing. The dress shoes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he has one good line. He says, "Well, what will people say if the, if they see us with holes in me? This one's got a hole in." And she's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. You'll be they'll be on the floor, won't they?" And he says, "Well, what will people say if they see us? They'll think I've walked here." And I thought that yeah. was a pretty good line. I like that. That I, was a pretty. I, good I actually line. laughed at, out loud at that one. But it is also the writers, to an effect, kind of speaking down to working class people. I mean, if you, I mean, it was a time in the 80s where these holidays were, were certainly more affordable for families and stuff uh-huh. like that. And they could go away. They're definitely not going away with holes in their shoes. No, no, you know I get I mean? that. I, I get that. And I, and I agree with you. I think there's a bit of both, right? It would be the people going abroad for the first time would have had that, well, does nobody speak English here or English are going to have to stick together? They would have had that kind of, you know, oh, I'm in a different place and stuff like that. Or, you know, I I want to prove to people that this is comfortable for me and I have been abroad before and all that kind of stuff. But they certainly wouldn't have gone away with holes in their shoes. No, I doubt it. Uh, So, yeah, I agree with you. There's some bits like that that are a little bit patronising. Um, mm. well, it is quite patronizing, but probably relatable to people that were watching, which I suppose is why it was popular. Um, I mean, it's just funny, it's a funny joke, isn't it? It's it's Keith Barron's best joke in the whole, yeah, because then know, he just turns 25 minutes, he, he goes immediately from that, he goes down for dinner on his own, picks up Linda, he has the music, he has the flamenco <laughs> music or whatever, yeah. doesn't he? And that attracts him to the bar where he sees. Mm-hmm. He meets Linda again. Well, it's he? the restaurant, isn't it? Because her husband's in the bar, and that's why he's never there. And mm. she's talking to him about where he's been, and they've been to the Amalfi Coast and stuff like that. But she's painting the picture of, but actually, I'm always on my own. He's all, doesn't matter where we go, he moans about it, and he's always in the bar moaning about being away. So she's very flirtatious for somebody who knows the other fella's married. And also, I mean, he's not a sexy man, really, is he? Like she, he's literally the first person she's seen, and she's like, yeah. "I'm going to get me close into him." 
and I'm going to like be a bit disparaging about his his plain wife. Um, yeah, do you think that it's because he's English and it it, it a big points made, especially by by the husband Robert, I think, that the hotel's full of Germans and that's where his comedy co- sort of comes from. The the sort of there's too many crowds. Doesn't really say that. the word Germans that much, does he? <laughs> no, he does say crowds. He, he does, does say crowds. Mm-hmm. But the quiz actually there is all of the racist terms, sort of the nationalities that he uses in the yeah, entire series. Jesus. <laughs> he gets one in for the Spaniards as well, doesn't he, quite quickly? The Italians, I think. I'm not sure. Italian? Okay. Maybe. No, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Spanish. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not actually your fair with them, and I didn't do that quiz. So uh, you know, I wouldn't know if I wouldn't know these things. <laughs> so I'm going to be terrible at the quiz, aren't I? I mean, how would I know that? <laughs> and then, like the rest of the episode, is basically them two sneaking off to try and have a bit of time together, while her husband comes in and it's like kind of his first reaction is, "What's going on here?" But then it's just like, ah, oh, well, there's Germans, bloody Germans everywhere. Yeah, he, he doesn't care, <laughs> does he? It's a, it's very, it's a very odd situation because the husband doesn't care, the wife does care, but she does absolutely nothing about it, does she? She doesn't do anything. I mean, Amy, she could say, what? Yeah, Amy, uh huh. What are you playing at? We've just got here, and you've immediately attached yourself. Well, there's a point to this woman. Has- he has these breakdown, right? And they go back to the room and he says, bloody hell. But it's not a massive breakdown. The only the only the only instance of that is by what he says, by I'm saying, uh, you know, you know I've been made redundant or whatever. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't he, think he says, he's he's underpants flying out of his suitcase is caused from then to <laughs> attach know, himself. I know that. I know that. I know. <laughs> um and he she says while the, the four of them are around the dinner table. Um, he says something about a holiday and he says, oh, I don't think we can afford that. And the wife says, we can't even afford this one. And then he's uh-huh. a bit like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And you get a little glimpse that there's something going on in the background that uh, like a bit more than the silly slapstick and groping bottoms and stuff like that that's gone on so far. Um, uh-huh. And then he gets back to the hotel room and he says, well, you know, I've been made redundant. I'm worthless. I've worked all my life. I was meant to be a solid job. I took a shit pay. Not I didn't no ambition because it was meant to last forever. So I could pay for the kids to go abroad. They've been here, there, and everywhere. I've never been anywhere. When we were landing and I saw this place for the first time, it brought tears to my eyes, thinking of all the stuff I've missed out on. Yeah, and then it's she's sub-story like, to his wife. She's sub story to his wife, and she's like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't know you felt like that because obviously you've never ever said that before. And he says, So of course. I see an attractive lady. Yeah. I'm going to go, get a bit of excitement in my life. I'm thinking... Me, the, the only adventure that I've got in my life is is talking to an attractive lady, he says. Getting to know. And I'm an attractive lady. lady? Well, but I know you. He said, but I already and know I, you. At and that goes, point, she, she could should have just gone, right, well, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, if... That had happened to me or you in our relationships, and you've gone, you know uh-huh. what? I've been out of order, but fuck hell, all of this stuff's been piling up. And Lisa or Jane goes, you know, I didn't really realize that, so oh, okay, well, I'll let you off. And then you go, uh-huh. but did you see the tits on that last downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not going to fly, is it? <laughs> it? It really is not. It really is not. I mean, about, and it, it does. It does sort of obviously lead to all the rest of the comedy in in this episode, like uh, you know, Amy chucking her in the water and stuff like that, and getting yeah. back to her in snidey ways. But she never kind of just says to her, "What the fuck?" You well, do? she takes it out I'm on the off. woman, right? Yeah, she doesn't take it out on on Baron, does she? Until it, until Baron Scott Free. But the thing is, though, this goes on for like two, like two three series, and the whole thing is the same thing about Keith Baron trying to get off with this wife. The boosty. Well, his actual wife is is like scuppering it in some random way. I don't think he actually gets to to do it. Well, well, frustrating existence. <laughs> and and that kind of falls into the, the the sort of twilight zone world that he's living in, or this episode, or this whole series, or what this whole program is. Whereas they're kind of trapped in this hotel in this, and he's trying to get off with this woman. His wife is not really doing anything to stop it, and she's not sort of saying to him, "What are you playing at? This is disgraceful." And this kind of goes on for years. That it's just trapped with in this other, kind the of same look. couple. It's just like move on to different women. No, it's it's just it's just the Linda, isn't it? He's just trying to get into <laughs> Linda, and, and it just doesn't seem to come off for him. I I, I watched a, an interview with him because they brought it back years later for some stage oh, show or they? something like that. Okay, yeah, and people would shout at him in the street. Oh, did you get your leg over and stuff like that? And he was like, no, no. because the series would be over. After <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. There was no, there's no, if he did actually, if it did happen, it could then move on to something else, couldn't it? But it's well, another yeah. part, yeah, the story could move on. But the story's just stuck in a loop because that is all it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's him trying to get well, off with this in the wife. Yeah, while, you know, he's on holiday for two years. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, stick to what you're good at. Good I think there's like a, there's a proper like Elvis back to duty free. Um, yes. What there were some funny lines from Amy, but I can't remember them now. But I do well, remember, I remember all of the one. Because it's one, if anybody's been on an inclusive holiday that you'd probably be able to relate to, I, I think she says at one point, I've never fought so much for me food in all my life. Uh, yeah. So I like that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was good. That was that was good. But there's a bit, but yeah. Uh, there's one line where I think it's, let's say it's Linda, who I presume is, she pretends to be like a scaredy cat and in need of help, damsel in distress, isn't she? But I don't think she is really. Yeah. Um, and she says, oh, what was that? There was a small dark thing scuttling around back there. And Amy says, was it that wine waiter from last night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Un- uncalled for. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a bit of the old 80s racism in there, isn't there? Well, it's, it's xenophobia, isn't it? And there's all of yes. those jokes about Germans getting in the way and getting to the pool and, you know, like, Queuing for the yes. food and all of that stuff is all in there. Spanish, the sun people, loungers, yeah. Spanish being 
unhelpful. I mean, lazy. as a kid, I remember that being like, you know, when we'd play the Germans in that in the World Cup or qualifier, yeah. in the front of the sun, there'd always be the sun loungers, wouldn't it? But you say like, when we're kids, but that. I'm pretty sure it's only in like the last, let's say, the last ten years where that isn't a common thing. That that was, I think it's mm-hmm. kept going for much longer than like. The end I just the remember it as a kid when we went, like when we played them in 1990. I remember the news, the Sun newspaper, because that's what my dad used to get, and I remember that being on the cover of you know the the newspaper, the the Sun loungers and all they that kind of did stuff. Did that more than what someone? But that's the thing. I mean, if it was in the tabloid press, that type of you know, you know, the way that people would speak about people, you know, who were foreign. And and that carried on throughout the nineties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously absolutely. it's going to be in sitcoms and things like that, isn't it? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. So only it's not like this is the only sitcom or the only people who ever made those jokes. Like it's in this because oh, no, it's of something that people <laughs> well, the fun, it, it, at the time about. found funny, obviously, didn't it? Yeah, so there's a That's fair the few of those kind of wisecracks in there, which watching yeah. now you know, stand out a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And if, especially when it starts and they've just got to the hotel, it's like, that's the majority of what's going on in it. Um, yeah. Until the characters uh-huh. start getting involved. Um, I thought it was good, despite that stuff. I thought uh, you know what? was good. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I, the, the bit that I didn't know was in there was the whole midlife crisis thing and that quite surprised as a little bit you know I, I quite i thought that that was a good way of sort of saying that he's, he's gonna attach himself to this other woman but how amy sort of with didn't stick up for herself or whatever was mm-hmm. troubling i think or even it's almost in a joking way that she knows that it's happening but she's willing to, to keep the pretense going or, or whatever. It's yeah. a very odd... So the the first episode is she tells Linda that he's got arthritis and he's only able to like yeah. move around freely now because they're in the sun and it's eased off. But, you know, if you, if, if you think when you get back to England with him, because obviously she seems to accept that it's going to happen, like he'll be, he won't be able to move. He has to use a stick and all of that stuff. And yeah, like so you're right, like she's kind of being like it's I'll do it's almost of, like, like it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, it's I'll just not try actual marriage on the line here. He's not like he doesn't want to actually go and shag this other lass, which he does blatantly. Uh-huh. It's almost <laughs> like oh, it's just a bit of have fun. You, have you read oh the... boys will be boys type thing? <laughs> have you read the episode syn- synopses for the next like for the rest of the series? Did I write it? If I didn't write it, I didn't read it. Okay, so episode three, called The Praying Mantis. Amy is scornful of Linda's yoga exercises and David's attempts to impress her by keeping fit, which land him in bed with a bad back. Anxious to prove to Linda that he is unharmed and healthy, he again incurs the wrath of Amy, who throws half of his only pair of shoes over the balcony, so he can't go out and meet her. Half, half <laughs> one, of his so, only pair of shoes. So one shoe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. Uh, half of his only pair of shoes. I like, I, I like that. That's good. The fourth episode 
ends up with some trouble in a German inn. I would quite like to say that. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> what I did do, Cliff, is I did, because there was a Christmas special, which was supposed to be the end of the whole thing. Uh-huh. So I did uh, fast forward to right at the end of the Christmas okay. special, the last ever episode, just to see if he did get his wicked way with Linda. Yeah. But obviously that didn't happen. His wife, his wife is there doing the conga or something like that when he doesn't realise she's there. So it, it just never happens. And again, it's like, it's that kind of weird, it's a well, weird keep, Twilight they, Zone They situation. seem to think that they are having an affair, but they keep getting the chance to kiss, but then it gets yeah, broken but they up don't, by Yeah, the kiss, they definitely kiss in, in a lift, but they don't actually, they're, they're going up to a hotel room so this, this to do the, the last... deed. The last episode in the first series called Hasta la Vista, of course. The fair is now out in the open and David and Linda plan to run off together. Robert wants to fight David. Which <laughs> <This> is <pretty laughs> funny in itself. But Amy Robert uses, wants to fight David. Uh, Amy uses subtler means, filling her husband's suitcase with hotel property so that he's arrested. And then she persuades Linda she had lucky escaped as he's a notorious kleptomaniac known as the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 obviously, the whole premise of it is is to set up ridiculous situations, isn't it? Like Amy's yeah. setting all these crazy situations up. So the two but series is in just, reality is one should holiday. just go. What the fuck? Fuck off! I mean, it's, it's been three years, two years. You've been doing this. I've had enough. You know what I mean? It's so well, It's quite good this because it seems like it's just set. Two series set over 14 days, like a two weeks holiday. Each episode is That's the impossible. next. <laughs> each, each episode is the next day of the holiday. Like it's quite it's quite good. I like that. That that's how mm-hmm. it's set up. Um, and obviously in the they're there for two weeks, and at the end, like what's gonna happen? The third series, I'm not gonna go into that. Anyway, I thought it was pretty good. Uh I enjoyed it. it made me pine it. for simpler days. <laughs> it certainly did. I mean, I, I put it on, and the, the wife came in or whatever, and she said, oh, "Everybody used to watch this," mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that's you know true of it. Every everybody of that time. Do you want a quiz? It is. Well, it depends, really. Is, is it about what you said it was? No, it's about eighty sitcoms. Um, oh well, that's all right. Then. And and I think by doing this quiz, I've found mm. something else we need to watch. Which okay. is the last the last question. So okay. I don't think well, you'll know I'll the answer to that, but I right. think it will uh, set us up for something else. So Go on, then I'll I'll give it a shot. British sitcoms of the eighties. I'm going to mm. describe. I'm going to give you a very small synopsis, and you can tell me what you think it okay. is. So okay, it stars Warren Mitchell as a cantankerous old man, and Una Stubbs as his wife, suffering his offensive opinions. Is that um, what's it? The West Ham supporter, whatever he was. Uh huh. Alf that's it. Garnet. Um, yeah. Alf, what's what was it called? Well, that's what I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trick me that easily. It's, <laughs> it's called In Sickness and in Health. Yes, that's it. In Sickness and in Health, and, and another infamously racist one. That isn't it. Yes, but I think like he's Jewish, right? Uh, Warren Mitchell. So I think it's meant to be like it's just acting like obviously it's obviously it's not nice what he says. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
This I one mean, it, yeah, that is really racist, I think, from set, recollection. Set in a British holiday camp starring Beebe <laughs> Beebe, Paul Shane, and Sue uh-huh. Pollard, amongst others. What? Why isn't this the last question? <laughs> do you want to do why, this? Why, yeah, of course, of course. I used to quite fancy Sue Pollard, did you? Was Who's the other one, the Welsh one? Bit. Oh, yeah, myself. I too was all right, wasn't you? Is it Heidi <laughs> Highcliffe? It is oh, Heidi yeah. <laughs> I think this one was my favourite of the 80s sitcoms when we were kids growing up. Uh, right. I used to love this show. It stars mm-hmm. Carl Howman as Jackal, a wisecracking painter and decorator out on his jobs and that. Is it Brushstrokes? It is Brushstrokes, yeah. Yeah, we've got to do that one as well because that <laughs> one's class, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I love Brushstrokes. Uh, and it's and a clever guy, name. The guy behind the bar as well. He was good, wasn't he? Did he have a, a tall, skinny friend? Or was that a, a, a mm, different There was somebody one? else that worked with him, I think. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was quite good, him, wasn't he? Carl like, Howard. Aye. Yeah. I used to quite like him. Then he was he, in he that was... show with uh, <laughs> our favourite Liza uh, Tarbuck, wasn't he? Lisa Tarbuck. Lisa Tarbuck. <laughs> the thing about him, right? I, 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 he was an aspirational character as a kid. <laughs> was he to you? It was pretty, yeah. he's, he's a painter and decorator. I think it would be but pretty he, good. He's to still, go, yeah. He was go still to all like people's houses and go to the pub. <laughs> yeah, he was quite an aspirational character for me as a kid. <laughs> In right, next one. Two sisters. Him and Mr. T. Of course, the two main uh, heroes from the main aspirations. Uh-huh. <laughs> two sisters with wildly different personalities are forced Oof. to live together when their husbands are jailed for something or other. Well, we haven't mentioned this in a while, did we? At the, the start, of, <laughs> at the start of this podcast, it was on every week. Was it? All we talked about. It was, yeah. <laughs> is it the boards of a feather? It is. Of course, uh-huh. starring Pauline Squirks. <laughs> Pauline Squirks? <laughs> we still haven't watched that either, have we, Pauline Squirks? I've watched enough of it. It's fucking woeful, but yeah. Um, okay, is so it? this is the last one. This uh-huh. stars Robin Asquith as, oh! you, as you guessed it, a Randy Milkman. <laughs> <laughs> what? And this was allowed? This was a sitcom? 1984 TV sitcom. It's not one of his films. No. It's not TV. Confessions of. It is not. I'd never heard of it before. I, don't, I mean, I don't know this. Obviously, I want to see this show now. Yeah. But <laughs> the, Robin Asquith also got himself involved in the, the old 70s, late 70s horrors and that, you know. He's Did in he? a few. He was in Coronation uh, Street recently. Like about, I don't know, within the last 10 years. Came back mm-hmm. and he was... Uh, like a basically a Mick Jagger style rocker, like in his in his seventies, <laughs> wearing leathers and stuff like that. He's still got class. the blonde hair. He's, yeah, got yeah. Hair. Still along, like he, he was absolutely class. Um, he's got a book that I really want. He's quite good to follow on uh, Twitter as well, or X as it's called now. Um, so yes, yeah, so Bottle Boys, British sitcom, ran for two series, nine eighty four to eighty five, starring Robert Asquith as a football mad milkman, Dave Deacon. Uh-huh. The series mined broad comedy from Randy Dave's amorous adventures. Randy Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've known a few Randy Daves. 
So what's yeah. it called? Bottle Boys. Bottle Boys, yeah. Right. Randy it was Moulton. originally written, the part was originally written for Jim Davison. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're basically the same person, aren't they? <laughs> it has to be a honest. reputation as one of the worst British sitcoms ever produced. And Mark Lewison, the Beatles scholar, wrote in the Radio Times Guide to Comedy that ITV sitcoms had often plumbed the depths, but this was the limit. <laughs> it was repeatedly... it's plumbed the depths, but this is the limit of the depths. Yep, this... that doesn't make any sense, is it? It's from uh, despised, Mr. despised by comedy executives at ITV, he described it as the worst ever British sitcom. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do, was it? I think Given we that next to uh-huh. Well, it's your pick next, I think. So, oh, oh, no, it's my I'll pick, pick next, this, isn't no, it? It's you. So, it's written by um. The guy who did Love Thy Neighbor, which is another of the racism ones. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and one. Mind Your Language, which I think is also the same. Yeah. That, uh, uh, a guy well, who, talk, te- talk about who taught a, a group of foreigners is what that's about. <laughs> a guy who taught a group <laughs> of foreigners. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I have seen uh, clips of that one, I think. Not that so, I yeah. remember. I oh, well, let's, let's see if we can find Bottle Boys because uh, I mean, let's, I, let's uh, try. Definitely. Yeah, let's definitely, try. definitely want to see it. Yeah, things that go. I agree. Oh yes, the names of the of the episodes are worth it alone. <laughs> Come on, then give give us a few. Well, there's danger women at work. <laughs> <laughs> danger ex- exclamation mark! No, it just says women danger at women at work, which maybe they're just dangerous women. Um, One's called Things That Go Bump in the Night, which I would imagine is a particularly amorous one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the last episode is called The Milk Cup Runneth Over. <laughs> nice. Right, yes, so that's, that's that. It. Anyway, what are we going to do next? Music. Music, yes, we've got music. We've got music this week from the Rampants, who are from Kilmarnock. Yep. Nice. Yes, and this song's called Blasted, and it was out on Friday, I think. It's the third single that they've released, so give this one a listen. Yes, nice one. I, I, it's a big, big banger in it. Very punky. I like big it. Big banger. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, cool. let's get it on, and we will speak to you next time. Should you return, and I'll see you soon, Brad. I shall. I, I shall. I shall return. Okay, bye bye. Bye. One, two, three, four. You blasted. You couldn't have it. You wanna walk so far and go into the sun when you're spreading outside like a fire of a gun. You want that? You couldn't have that. You tell me your stories are the dapper comes like even when I tried it all and I gave it all my mate. But I couldn't have that But I couldn't have that I couldn't 
say some may go another stay away some say male others say kilometer and i run so fast when i'm playing my guitar even when i go for a laugh laugh cry even when i say then i run then i die then they're gonna go fly high in the sky fly high pop then you'll die but i couldn't have that you know i couldn't have They say they couldn't get a lot of me Even when I walk and then they couldn't make for me Even when you go and laugh then I cry Even when you say it's singing then you die Even when you know you couldn't get a lot of me Even when you're gonna couldn't get a fight of me Even when you said you couldn't ever make for me Even when you said you couldn't ever me Like I laugh, laugh, laugh and I cry, cry, cry Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.